The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free bet. Download WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 contest for a chance to win a million dollars. Only at UnderdogFantasy.com. And of course, if you are downloading apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app in either the App Store or the Google Play Store. There you can get all of our podcasts, news, picks, all right in the palm of your hand and so much more. Make sure once again to download SGPN in either the App Store or the Google Play Store. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This will be episode 61, and when we think of number 61, we only think of one man, of course. That's, I'm going to break my rule again and let my co-host guess who that person I'm thinking of is. Who is, at, who is episode 61 going to be dedicated to, Mr. I, Vreeland? I, man, I do, not, I do not know the answer. I'm going to uh, guess, though, if it's... If it's a number like 61, it's got to be a Canadian hockey player. No, Roger Maris, obviously. 61 oh, home runs oh, in 1961. Oh. I'm thinking jersey numbers. I only thought jersey numbers. Well, you got to think outside the box. <laughs> Come on. Oh, let's just introduce you. What the heck? This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. He's the associate co-host of this here uh, shebang. And I would be your your main host. I'm the, I'm the brains behind the whole operation. Dan's the... Uh, Braun? Yeah, you're I the Braun. The you're the purple belt. You're the Braun. He's the Braun and the good looks and uh, the bad picks. That, that's what he is. Um, so, yeah, like I said, MMA Gambling Podcast, episode, episode 61. Um, what else can I tell you? Make sure you, uh, if you're not, if you listen to us on the SGPN feed, make sure you switch over to our feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed, because it looks like really surely about only half of our episodes are going to be going going on SGPN. Uh, they have a jam, we have a jam-packed schedule over at SGPN with uh, podcasts going out, so only half of them are going to be uh, going there, and you don't want to miss one second of this amazing banter and amazing picks that we give you here, so make sure you subscribe to the Sports. Obviously, you can subscribe to the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, but also make sure you uh, subscribe to ours, MMA Gambling Podcast and you can read all our stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and you can read all our stuff at mma-manifesto.com, where we have, obviously, this week, obviously, with it being UFC 265, we have a whole bunch of UFC 265 articles. Uh, Dan's got uh, Underdog for y'all on there, and he's got um, a fighter he expects to break out and be the star of the prelims. Uh, I have a new writer who just wrote, a article on the people's choice for the main event of USC 265. Uh, so basically the people's main event, which Errol Hiwani, uh, I believe, coined on his MMA Hour show years ago. Uh, what would you pick as this uh, the main, people's main event for this um, this pay-per-view, Dan? Kiesa Luque. Uh, he picked, yeah, that's a good one. He picked um, bum, 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 Bobby Green and Raphael Fiziev, which is 
I think a good choice also. But yeah, there's uh, quite a few um, decent people's choice, people's main events on this here card. Um, also, you can enter our UFC 265 Pick'em Contest over there. So make sure you go to MMA-Manifesto.com for all that. And if you're in the podcast listening mood, you can hear Dan on Top Turtle MMA Podcast and on the Prelim Picker Podcast. And he has recorded both of them today before this one. So you're getting a used up version of Dan here. With He's going to have this boring, is, not not good takes. That, sure. That's not true. So, you know, just because I'm on my third podcast of the day doesn't mean I, I'm going to be bad. I could be – it could just be like my third round. And, you know, guys like Derek Lewis tend to be better in the third round. Oh, that's very fitting, because we will be speaking of that man very soon. Very, very soon. Uh, um, I'm just I wonder what those stats are. There's some stats on my screen, and we're really good on these stats. I wonder where they came from. We're, I'm at 74%, you're at 72%, but I have no idea what these stats are tracking. But whatever they are, Dan, <laughs> well, we're damn good, whatever they are. So uh, anyhow, fun with spreadsheets. Um, we should probably get right down to actually. I think there's a couple of news items we can uh, we can touch on before we get right down to the the breaking down of this uh, fight event. Um, obviously, you, UFC listened to our last podcast, uh, um, and it's our fault that Nico Montano Montano is no longer employed by the UFC. So I, I think we should uh, hang our heads in shame for that. We got her fired. I, I don't know. I think I was more defensive of Nico Montano than just about uh, every other pundit out there um, saying that, you know, like it's unfortunate the reasons why she pulled out and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like, like we said, at a certain point in time, the UFC is not going to give you a, what are we on, eight chances now? An eighth chance. It's just time to rip that Band-Aid off and call it a day. And ho- hopefully she catches on somewhere else. But I, I actually think she's going to have a tough time finding anybody else who's super interested in her either. Maybe, maybe PFL? So you're throwing the blame on me, first of all. You, yes, you said of course. You, yeah, yeah. you, you, okay. you, you led fine. that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And Combache uh, has already come out publicly saying that they're not interested in her. God, which Campbell, is, which Campbell is really McLaren is, is a – he's a ticket, isn't he? Like, he is. That yeah. dude is on – That dude, if you're not following Campbell McLaren, original founder of the UFC, like, dude, go follow that guy because he is – he is very funny. Whether he's intending to be or not, he's very funny. <laughs> Probably he's not, which makes it even better. Yeah, so, yeah, I think um, so. <laughs> so that's, that was a news story. Uh, also, apparently um, the male model, Luke Rockhold, is coming back, and Sean Strickland may get his his wish of um, murdering someone in the octagon. So it looks, sounds like the two of them are going to match up in, what, three pay-per-views from now in, in November or something like that. I, I think that's a very good chance for – I don't think we figured out if he's sociopath or psychopath, but I think it's a very good chance for him to actually commit the murder that he claims he wants to commit in the octagon because uh, Luke Rockhold can't take a punch, and I'm sure being out of their cage for three years or whatever it's been is, is not helping that. It may help it a bit, but – I can just picture one of Strickland's jabs just totally flatlining him. So I will say a couple of things. First of all, I, I think I, I think it's hard to uh, assume that that Sean Strickland is going to do enough damage to somebody because did he ever look like he was trying to like quote unquote put away Uriah Hall? No, that's true. He, he did break his orbital bone. So he he did something. he did hit him hard <laughs> and, and he broke his orbital bone and that that's fair. But like. I'm not sure that I think he's that type of guy. Here's the other thing I will say, too. Before we completely write off Luke Rockhold as having his his brain being shot and he's a guy who gets knocked out too easily, 
let's quickly recount the people who've knocked him out. Jan Blankovic, noted crazy power puncher. Yul Romero, genetic freak. Michael Bisping, okay, I'll give you that one. That one's a little bit more surprising. To be fair, he was clowning Michael Bisping and kind of got the Anderson Silva treatment. So I'll give you that one. And then the other one is Vitor Belfort by spinning heel kick. And it was TRT Tor Belfort as well. Like, this man has only been knocked out by, like, big, powerful, muscly guys who hit really hard. I'm not sure. I even like Sean Strickland in that matchup. Of course, we'll be breaking this down when that comes around, but... I'm not sure. I I 100% agree that I would pick Sean Strickland blindly there. All right. So you think Luke Rockhold is cute is basically what you're saying. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what I'm reading. He's a, he's a model, right? I, I'm pretty sure I saw him <laughs> on a Versace ad in like a Sears one time or something. And now you're like, I'm oh, I'm going to pick him every time he fights, no matter what, even <laughs> if he's been knocked out in three of his last four fights. I did pick him in a, an absurd amount of those fights, I will say. After yeah. he beat Chris Weidman, all of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe he is really good, and then I just repeated disappointment. <laughs> well, we uh, may have found a blind spot uh, for uh, uh, for Dan. It's uh, it's cute models that, that fight in the cage. The, the thing is, is I, I have, uh, I'm apparently into both chunky and hunky guys. Look at that. It's true. <laughs> hashtag there, uh, hashtag hunky guys. <laughs> hunky and chunky. Hunky and chunky there. I always look for a title. There we go, hunky and chunky, because the main event, we have a – well, one of our poster boys for for chunky uh, chunky guys in the main event uh, this coming week, so that's perfect. There, I, I, that's always the worry. I'm not going to come up with a witty um, witty uh, brackets to put behind our title uh, of our episode. Now, hunky and chunky works. Hashtag. Uh, you know what else works? WinBet. WinBet works. Uh, win ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. So if you don't live in any of those states. I think you should move to those states so you can play WinBet. That's the sole reason you should move there. Uh, WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk fee $500 sports bet. Download that and win. Download the win bet app today or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right. Let's, let's make some winning picks here on this, um, on this pay-per-view coming up. Uh, we actually did some pre-production, um, briefly before we started recording. I add up what our records were in picking pay-per-views as opposed to fight night cards. And I wasted my time because it's pretty much exactly the same. So <laughs> we're, we're just, we're just as good on stack pay-per-views or just as bad, uh, depending on if you're a half, uh, if glass half full, half empty type of person, uh, we're either just as good or just as bad as we are on regular fight cards. So, um, Medio- mediocre boys be mediocre. <laughs> mediocre boys will be mediocre. So 55% for me, 51% for Dan. Actually, we're, Technically, we're a little better on pay-per-views. I think I was 56, and you're at 52%. So we'll we'll get 1% uh, of our picks um, more correct this card than, than uh, the past week's card. Hopefully, we get a lot more than 1% because last week's card did not work out so well. So we're talking UFC 265, obviously. Uh, this Saturday, Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. We've got prelims starting at 6. They will be on ESPN Plus or UFC Fight Pass. And then we've got... Regular prelims starting at 8 p. 
p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus, and the pay-per-view, obviously, is on pay-per-view, starting at 10 p.m., assuming you're in the States. Uh, it's very... I, I, uh, I am, I'm envious of the countries where they don't have to pay for UFC pay-per-views. They just get it on regular cable and stuff. Like in England or like Britain, I think, they just get it as part of like their sports cable package. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how that works, but uh, I, I would I would be all about not having to pay. Yeah, more. exactly, <laughs> exactly. We're all about free. Let that be known, to anyone listening. We are all about freebies here. So if you want to send us anything free, uh, make sure you hit us up, Jeff Fox Writer on Twitter. Uh, don't hit up Gumby Reeland because <laughs> everything for himself. Hit up me, and I'll decide what Dan gets and what I get. All right, let's start off with the early prelims, as we always do. Banawaits, Johnny Munoz Jr. versus Jamie Simmons. I just read a very good article about Johnny Munoz Jr. on MMA-Manifesto.com, written by someone who I think is probably going to have to pick him to win this fight, <laughs> since, he wrote a, since he wrote about him. All right, as per usual, we break down the nicknames first. Nickname battle, Jamie Simmons is the Afro Samurai, and... Johnny Munoz Jr. is Kid Kavembo. Is that correct? That, Kavembo? That's correct. And if you would listen Does that to, mean? If, if you would listen to uh, the Top Turn on MMA podcast earlier today, uh, you would have gotten the origin story of Kid Kavembo as well. So I he, just noticed the, the, the podcast when I just noticed that episode dropped as I was about to record. So I couldn't listen yet, but I will. So you want to give us a brief or a yeah, brief Kav- rundown on it? Kavembo is his, uh, his dad's adopted father. So it, I guess he would call it his adopted grandfather's uh, last name. So because he has his dad's last name, he wanted to pay homage to uh, the man who basically adopted his dad, um, whose last name is Kavembo. And as he was growing up, they called him Kid Kavembo, and it just kind of stuck and sounds really good as a nickname. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll take that over Afro Samurai. I guess it's it's got to get back backstory to it. So yeah, although Afro like, Samurai also tells his story on the show too, so you can find oh out the origin God. of both of those things. Oh, okay, so both of these guys are on Top Turtle, and we know Top Turtle podcast is horror causes horrible luck for people. Their insides explode. They go into they get car accidents. They lose in the cage. They get brutally knocked out. So we're thinking double knockout or maybe. One guy, I'll check the other guy's leg kick, but both their shins will explode, <laughs> and they'll both fall down. I, I mean, that's if this fight even happens. Cause if, that's, oh, that's true. They're going to get that's, COVID. That's, oh, the bigger, no. that's the bigger problem. You know, I was thinking about the, the top turtle curse, which I'm not going to perpetuate this any more than you are. No, I'm, I'm going to do the research one of these days. Well, so, you, you can start that research with the fact that I think I had Ray Borg on like 20 times leading up to his yeah. fights. And that dude, Where never he? he never got to fight. So I'm exactly. pretty sure I had him only in the era where he like, missed weight or like lost a kidney or like whatever was happening to the terrible things that were happening to his family. I don't mean to make light of that stuff too, because obviously that was some really brutal stuff. But like, yeah, I had him on like a hundred times and I was like, oh man, maybe I am a jinx. (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to make light of it, but Dan caused it. So we'll just put that out there in the uh, ether. So if this fight happens, if I'm sure they'll both end up with, they're probably um, vaccinated, but they're both going to get COVID somehow. Anyhow, um, Jamie Simmons, the Afro Samurai, 7-3 with four knockouts and one submission. He's 0-1 in the UFC. He got TKO'd in his debut. He's at plus 195. Uh, Kid Kavembo, 10-1. That is fun to say, Kavembo. I like it. Uh, 10-1 with two knockouts, six submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. He also lost his UFC debut, which was a year ago. Uh, exactly. It was August 1st, I believe, uh, when I looked this up, 2020. 
But as long-time listeners know, uh, if you've been out of the cage, you've actually, for more than a year, you, you're winning more often than not. 40, we're at 56% right now. Since 2020, fighters who have been out of the cage for at least a year are 43 and 34 on their return fight. So something we never would have predicted, but there you go. Numbers don't lie. Uh, he's three inches taller, one inch reach. Um, striking stats are in his favor. We're talking small sample size. Both guys have only have one fight that fight metric has been tracking. So he he wins in the striking categories. He was also six times more active uh, landing strikes in his one UFC fight. And he also has a grappling stats in his favor, minus 250. I will be taking chalk here. Yeah. Since I read such good things about him today. Yeah, I'm going to go chalk too. I will say we got to be a little bit careful about the uh, the stats there because yes. both of them took short notice debuts. Uh, Johnny Munoz against Nate Manis, who I, I'm pretty high on Nate Manis. I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, but then Jamie Simmons took a short notice debut against Giga Chikadze, which uh, yes. is not the same as Nate Manis. So, yeah, no. I, I, I do like Johnny Munoz here, though. And here's the reason. Both of these guys fight kind of a similar style. They both would much rather be grappling using big double leg takedowns. Um, they both, you know, like have a decent submission game. But the big difference for me is that, first of all, Johnny Munoz is better off of his back and countering grappling with submissions. Um, and the other thing is Jamie Simmons, when he gets people up against the cage and they stuff his first ta- takedown attempt, he tends to muscle through it and just kind of just try to push until uh, that takedown works. And while that has worked a lot of times for him, it's against really low-level competition. So I think now that he's up against a guy who does wrestle, who is going to be bigger than him, who's got good good counter submissions games... I think that all spells bad things for Jamie Simmons here. And I think ultimately you're going to see Munoz in a lot of top game, a lot of good submission attempts. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get somebody out of there uh, with a sub. So, yeah, I think Johnny Munoz is a pretty clear-cut pick here. There you go. We are agreeing on that one. To start, let's move on to the ladies. Women's flyweight, Victoria Leonardo versus Melissa Gatto. Um no nickname for Gatto. Leonardo is Fury, so it's boring when only one of them has a nickname. Um, first, Gatto is a, making her debut. She's 6-0-2 as a pro with four submission wins. She last fought, at, uh, it was a win, she last fought in 2018, so we're talking a huge layoff there. Do you know why she was off for so long, first of all? Do you know anything about her? How many I, times have you seen a fight? Man, I've, I have actually seen very limited tape on her because there isn't actually very much tape out there on her. Um, but she has been booked to fight in the UFC three times already. Um, right. She was injured before she fought Toledo Bern, uh, Bernardo. She was injured before she fought Julia Avila. And she couldn't travel to the fight with Maria Agapova. So... Three okay. different times she's been booked, twice pulled for her own injuries and once pulled uh, for travel restrictions. And if you want to peel that curtain back one more, she actually had a bout canceled uh, for a company called Immortal FC, which I don't know anything about even before then. So she she's had a whole bunch of stuff canceled recently. So, I, I mean, it's for a wealth of reasons, but she has been out, I mean, for almost three years, and that's to make her debut, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. And her last win was against UFC, and now UFC fighter Carol Rosa, was it not? Yeah, and, and Carol yeah, Rosa, from... not only in the UFC, doing quite well in the yeah. UFC, and up a division from where this fight's going to take right. place. Yeah, this um, Gatto is, 
I assume it's pronounced gato. It's probably not because I tend to my, my shtick. It's, it's total shtick uh, is is I pronounce everyone's name wrong. But um, but we'll say gato. Um, she yeah, she usually fights at bantamweight or she has in the past at least. This is down at flyweight. So that's something to keep a. Um, she had three years to lose the weight. That's true. <laughs> I, I I don't know what her reach is. So I'm not sure if she's actually bigger than Leonardo or not. They're they're both the same height. Uh, she is six years younger. I know that, and she's also the the betting favorite going in this one, which is a bit of a surprise when you see a relative unknown newcomer who's been out of the cage for so long. But she's at minus one twenty five. Um, Fury Leonardo is eight and three with one knockout, four submissions. She was TKO'd in her UFC debut. She came into the UFC via Contender Series, where she won her fight. She also was in Invicta, where she was three and two, and she also was in Bellator, where she was one and zero. So basically, all of her, almost all of her experience is in uh, big time promotions. Well, that's what two, five, six, eight of her eleven fights are in either UFC or Invicta or Bellator. So she's fought in, in the under the bright lights pretty much her whole career. She's at plus one hundred. Um, hard one to take. I, I'm kind of leaning Gattle, but like I don't really know too much about her. Um, wh- what are you thinking in this one? So I'm going to pick Leonardo in this one. Um, I'm not super positive. Here's the problem here is that Gatto in the limited amount of tape I have seen on her. She, she's a very crafty grappler. She is very good at jujitsu. She is a very stereotypical jujitsu first Brazilian uh, that we've seen just steamroll regional level competition. And then, I mean, a win over Carol Rosa is nothing to to laugh at. And it's a submission win. The way she grapples sometimes, for me, makes me feel a little bit worse about her in a fight with Leonardo because in that fight with Rosa, she tried to engage the grappling. When it didn't work, she almost just fell to her back and was like, cool being on bottom. And then she dominated Carol Rosa from the bottom. So that's cool, and that's good, and it's great that she's got that level of jujitsu. But my question is, is what happens if that person doesn't engage? What happens if Victoria Leonardo says, that's cute, stand up? And if you're not pulling guard or jumping guard or getting a takedown, that person has that choice. They could back away and say, stand the hell up. I'm going to punch you in the mouth. And I think if Leonardo does that here to Gatto, I think she'll win pretty easily because I don't think Gatto's striking holds up to the the takedowns of or the, the striking of Leonardo. The question is, is if Leonardo engages it, does she get caught with Gatto off of her back? It's possible, but Leonardo is pretty tough in her own right in her grappling. She looked good in that that Contender Series fight. You know, she didn't look good against Manon Firo, but nobody would ever look good against Manon Firo. So I'm going to go with Leonardo here, but again, with with like very limited tape on Gatto, it's really hard to say. Manon Firo, you hear that name a lot out of Dan's lips. He's the... uh... I think you're. Uh, I'm a Firo stand. I'm, I'm a Firo You are a Firo yeah. stand. That's true. All right. I, I think I'm going to actually go Leonardo too because um, plus money is is nice. Obviously, plus like there's a lot of unknowns with Gattle, so I'll, I'll take some plus money on someone I know a bit more about than someone who's been out of the cage forever and is fighting at a new weight class and, and all those type of things. So, um, Oh yeah. I was thinking maybe we should talk, say how confident we are with each of our picks uh, going forward, but we don't have to like talk units or percentages or anything, but I think this one, our, 
we're kind of confident, <laughs> not I, I, super confident. I would say I'm way more confident in Johnny Munoz than I am Victor yeah, and Leonardo. It, the problem yeah. is, is it's not even that I don't believe in the skills of Leonardo. I, I think she's very good. Yeah. I liked her contender series fight quite a bit. I, of course, picked against her against Manon Firo, but, like, again, that's not saying anything. I would pick Firo over maybe all but, like, five or six flyweights. So, uh, How about you? Could you beat her up? Manon Firo would beat her hell. Fight? No, she'd beat the hell out of me. I wouldn't even be able to <laughs> okay. get. She'd start throwing those like crazy front kicks she does in those side. I wouldn't even be able to get near her. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say in general that that's my thought on this one is that it's just hard to tell. So I, I don't feel super confident on this one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the first one we are much more confident on for sure. Um, you know what? I am confident on Dan. This segue into Prop Swap. I'm very confident. I'm, com- I'm confident in Prop Swap also because we're brought to you by Prop Swap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off, and Prop Swap is here to make this your best season ever. With Prop Swap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80 to one to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league. So if you think look it off to a hot start, make that 80 to one bet before the season and then sell for a big profit after only a couple weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and you keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game, which I, I would say is the ultimate hashtag DidGen move. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, let's move on to Bantamweights again. Um... Men's bantamweights. This card is very bantamweight heavy, but I guess when you look at the number of fighters in the UFC, it is. The UFC is very bantamweight heavy. Um, we've got Miles Johns versus Anderson Dos Santos, which is one of those mix and match uh, Brazilian names. Um, choose your own Brazilian name. Anderson and then pick Dos Santos as the last name. Perfect. His name is probably not really Anderson Dos Santos, though, is it? Let me check. Anderson Berlinguery Dos Santos. There you go. Um, we actually, did we, we went to air with this breakdown, I believe, last we, time, we right? Did, we did, in fact, yes. This one, uh, It was just, what, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, this one was Makashev already And we already, we already broke it down. So we, we can keep this one yeah, short right. if you want and, and this, tell you to go back I'll, and listen zip, to that. Exactly, I'll zip through a short. We got Eggplant, which is Dos Santos' nickname, Berenja versus Chapo, which is John's, which I uh, criticized because he stole a nickname from someone. So we're, we're going to go with Eggplant because that's a hilarious nickname to have. Um. Eggplant, 21 and 8, 5 knockouts, 12 submissions, 1 and 2 in the UFC. He won via submission his last fight, 4 inches reach, plus 175. Uh, for Johns, 11 and 1, 3 knockouts, 2 submissions, 2 and 1 in the UFC. He knockout, knockout win his last fight, 1 and 0 in the contender series, 2 inches of height, 9 years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 225. Uh, we both picked him last time. I think he's, he's just one of those uber prospects, and I, I see him. Uh, getting past Dos Santos, pretty confident with this pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm moderately confident. I will say Dos Santos is wrestling late in fights. He's got good cardio, but yeah, I still like Miles Johns. I think he hits harder. I think he's going to control more of this fight. So yeah, I, I like him in this one um, for all the same reasons I said last time we broke it down. <laughs> which I don't remember. but um, And he fights out of which camp, Dan? One oh, of his favorites. Four to seven May, so obviously. Four to seven May, of course. I'm of course going to <laughs> Safe side, uh, you know, likes to share my uh, articles on Twitter, so of course I have to be a fan of, of that that camp. So yeah, he, he promotes um, his fighters better than just about yes. any coach in history. Yeah, oh yeah, better than most managers, really. Yeah, um, yeah, he is uh, he's right in there. All right, main event of the early prelims: 
uh, Manel Cap. I think we're, I think we decided as Cap. Do we not? That's how I've been saying it. <laughs> All right, Manel Cap versus Ode Osborne. Uh, Cap is getting another kick at the at the can after dropping his first two. All right, um, we'll go with uh, nicknames. Of course, Cap is Prodigio, which means prodigy. He's also Starboy. And Osborne's the Jamaican sensation. I think I like Cap's nicknames better. Yeah, I like Starboy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Jamaican sensation, Ode, Osborne, 9-3 with one no contest, four knockouts, four submissions. Very well-rounded finisher. He's 1-1 in the UFC. He won his last fight via knockout. Um, his Of note, his UFC fights were at featherweight and bantamweight. This is at his... Natural weight class is fly, would flyweight. I guess this is natural weight class because he's uh, the other ones were like short notice fights. He's taking this one on full camp. So, um, did he fight flyweight before UFC? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, I know he, he was. I would say if I was going to say what he typically was, I, I would say he's actually typically a bantamweight. Like he fought on contender okay. series at bantamweight and like a lot of his regional level fights on bantamweight. So I mean, like I, I think this is still a drop for him. I would still consider okay. it. Yeah. All right, yeah, you don't see guys going, you don't see guys dropping from featherweight to flyweight hardly ever. Like I, uh, I'm sure there's been some, but um, very, very rare. That's a, that's a big drop. Um, so uh, as Dan mentioned, contender series, he was on that. He won his fight there. Um, he is two inches taller, five inches reach over Cape. Uh, striking and active striking stats in his favor, so he. Better striker and/or defender, and he is more active landing strikes. His grappling stats also in his favor is at plus 165. The star boy is 15 and six with nine knockouts, five submissions, 0 and two in the UFC. Uh, he came in here highly touted out of Ryzen in in Japan, where he was six and three, and he was the champion over there. He's a year younger than Osborne. He's at minus 210. Break it down. Um, for me, the <laughs> The only reason I would not be confident picking Manel Cap, because I actually think Manel Cap is not just a better fighter in this fight, but an infinitely better fighter than Ode Osborne. I like Ode. I, I think he's uh, really fun to watch. But, like, if you go back and look at what Cop has done in in Ryzen, he was incredible, dude. Like, he, he knocked out Kaya Skara. Right. He, he was their Bantamweight champ in a dominant fashion. This guy is legit. I had him when he came to the UFC as maybe one of the five or six best flyweights in the UFC. Yeah. And I think he would have won his first two fights easily had he had any level of urgency. He seemed to just be fine playing like a distance striking game and like not really turning up the output and then like getting pissed that the judges didn't pick him to win in these razor close fights. And I think he did win one of them. Uh, I don't think he won the first one, but like, he just needs to turn it up. I'm hoping being 0-2 in the UFC and, like, having his job threatened is enough to, like, go balls to the wall because he does that in the same style he did in Ryzen. He's just going to knock O'Day Osborne out in viciously, too. All right, I'm actually going for a big underdog here. I, I'm taking Osborne. I don't like... Look Kate. at you different than me. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't like his mental... The, his mental oh, it's state. terrible. Um, it's one of, the, it's the, one of the worst fight IQs I've ever seen. His fight IQ, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not his mental state. Well, who? Because I, I, I don't know what his mental state is, obviously. But his fight IQ was pretty horrible. He was very passive as his UFC fights. I like Osborne's size. I like his finishing ability, and he's proved that he can get it done at uh, at the UFC level. So, assuming the weight cut does not totally destroy him, I'm gonna go for a massive underdog to start things off here. So there we go. Um, so that concludes the early prelims. Pretty. 
Um, this card's not the best card on paper, but it's it's pretty. It's mostly not the best card on paper because we have a, a fake title fight at the top, and, <laughs> and, and, and not in most pay per views you have at least one real um, title fight, uh, sometimes two. So that, that's pretty much what brings this uh, this card's ranking down. Uh, the rankings I do over at MMA Dash Manifesto, but um, you know the undercards and and stuff uh, are actually pretty solid. We just broke down some solid fight cards there. That was just the early prelims. We'll move on to the regular prelims, the main prelims. But first, I'm going to tell you about a new sponsor. Paramount Plus. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the, the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy, Italies. I, I, I'm pretty sure the country is called Italy, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it Italy? Italy. You really are used to soccer leagues, huh? I, I, I'm skipping ahead to uh, Serie A, and I said Italy. Italy, Serie A, Argentina's Pre-Maru Division. They have it all like um, um, phonetically spelt for me too. It's a Primera Division. If you have, if they had it spelt like that, I would have said it properly. So Primera Division, the Brazilian uh, NS. Uh, what's the Brasileiro? 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 Do you have to say these in your reads, Dan? Or not? <laughs> I haven't looked at them. You haven't yet. done them yet. I, All right. I taped the early ones afterwards. <laughs> it's good. I am. I am the guinea pig here. NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the Concacaf qualifiers featured the stars from the U.S. and Mexico, the Mexican men's national teams. I can't even say Italy though. So who am I complaining to here? Plus, much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi. I know how to say that. Mbappe, I guess it would be. Ronaldo. I know Christian Mbappe. That. Christian Mbappe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Rapino and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. And hopefully their feed isn't as botched up as my ad read was. Uh, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's top quality. Uh, I butchered. That's the last uh, segment they will be um, sponsoring, I'm sure, after my butchering of, of all the uh, names. But let's move on. I know how to say this name. Carolina Kowakovic. Kowakovic? <laughs> you don't know how to my, say it. Kowakovic. right. It's been a long time since I said her name. She's been gone for a while. My son's kindergarten teacher had a name like that. I don't think it was Kovokiewicz. But it's, so. it's something Polish that's difficult to It make. is something Polish. <laughs> She's fighting Jessica Penny. Speaking of Italy, Penny, right? Yeah, that's um, the type of is pasta. She, is she Italian? Uh, is she Italian? I'm not sure if she it is Italian. Really I guess she it would be really surprising with a name like Penny if she was not. Exactly. But maybe we're being uh, um, xenophobes or, or racist or we're assuming things. I don't know. Um, we got Polish princess versus nothing. I guess she's named after a pasta. That's enough of a nickname for that. So. <laughs> sure. All right. Um, this is at Women's Strawweight. If I mentioned that already, I'm not sure. Or if I mispronounced Strawweight, that's what it's at. Is that Strawweight? Um, Penne, 13-5, two knockouts, seven submissions, two and three in the UFC, two and one on the Ultimate Fighter. She was three and one in Invicta, where she was the champ. She was one and one Bellator. Um, she had a big four-year absence from the cage due to a drug ban for 2017-2021. Why was she? Why did she get hit with such a huge ban? I can't remember why hers was so severe. They, they that's massive. There was like all kinds of weird technicalities that she was disputing and arguing against. Oh yeah. And, and uh, it seems like Usada was trying to like really put the screws to her uh, for for 
you know, like, I, I'm pretty sure they suspended her for the substance, and then, like, as they were testing her subsequently, yeah. like, they were like, oh, that substance is in your body again. And she's like, no, it's still in there from the first tainted supplement, you twats. Uh, and then uh, yeah. they, they suspended her again because she was, like, very outspoken against USADA. Yeah. Is it because she's Italian, maybe? Is that why? Are, are they racist? <laughs> they, they might, they might is not she like Italian. Italian. <laughs> it's funny. She, she probably isn't Italian. That's the best part about it. Uh, we're, we've met Italian, though. Um, Jessica Marie Penne from Huntington Beach. You are Italian, we've decided. Um, oh, she is from Italian. There you go. Um, good. This is, the, this is the Italy episode also. I actually said Italy probably that time. All right, four-year drug ban. I, I gave you all that info. What else can I tell you about her? Um, she's Italian. Did I mention that? Um, she's also two inches taller, three inches of reach over the Polish princess. She has a grappling stats in her favor. She's even money, plus 100. Um, double K, Carolina is at is 12 and 6. <clears throat> Excuse me, one knockout, two submissions. Five and six in the UFC. That's because she's dropped four straight fights. Um, her last being back in February 2020. I think she was kind of like thinking of retirement. Was she not? I think she was like one foot in, one foot out for a while there. Um, but she, apparently she's back. She fought over in KSW in her native Poland where she was 5-0 and and she was the champ there. She also was in, in Invicta where she was 1-0. She fought for the UFC title as well, uh, losing to Joanna Champion. Um, she's two years younger than Penne. Striking stats in her favor. She's twice more active striking. Also, minus 125. I think we're going to differ here again. I'm going with uh, double K. And I, I think you're going with Penne. I think we talked about this last episode. I am going with Jessica Penne in here. Yeah. Firstly, because I liked uh, her pressure. Italian food. Well, I do like Italian food quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and actually, Penne is one of my favorite pastas, along with rigatoni. Yeah, so... <laughs> Jessica Rigatoni. That could be her nickname. Um, rigatoni Penne would be a confusing nickname. But um, in that same token, uh, look, I, I did like her pressure against Lupita Godinez. Um, I, I liked the way she pushed forward. I liked that she looked good, as good in the third round as she did in the first round. I'll say this about Kovalkiewicz. She definitely is going to have a striking advantage in this one. But the thing I think about this fight is, is that I think Penne is going to get in her face. And as long as she can get in close, Kovalkiewicz has showed kind of spotty takedown defense. Like, Michelle Waterson, who I do not think of as a good wrestler, uh, you know, I, I, I think she's a great striker, chose to grapple with Kovalkiewicz and took her down twice fairly easily, too. So... I think if Penny goes with that grappling forward approach, she is a much better grappler than Kovalkiewicz, and I could see her putting Kovalkiewicz on her back a whole bunch of times. Yeah, this one, I'm not, uh, speaking of the confidence thing, I'm not super confident because who, who knows could, what who we're Who could be confident? Make. They've fought yeah. a combined one time in the last three years. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's hard. Like, what's her mental stake going to be? Like, like I'm pretty sure um, – she was thinking about retiring, right. or, or her fiance her fiance wanted to retire. I, I think she was having health issues. Who knows uh, what we're going to see from uh, Double K? But I'll, I'll ride with her in this one. Are you confident with your penne pick, or is this just a kind of sorta? I'm. Not? This is just a, a better at two bad situation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Osborne obviously uh, going back. I'm not super confident in that, but it's a big underdog, so I think it's worthy of it. it sounds like you're rather confident on Manel Cape in that fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I think as long as right, he comes great. out with, with some aggression, he'll be great in that fight. 
there you go. We're very scientific. We're pretty confident, kind of confident, kind of sort of stuff like that. So we're giving you, we're giving you guys all the uh, all you math nerds. We're giving you all the the breakdown that, that you need there. So all right, let's move on to light heavyweights. Ed Herman versus Alonzo Minifield. Um, nicknames: Minifield is Atomic. Ed Herman is Short Fuse. I think Short Fuse is a classic one that we have to side with. Correct? Yeah, I think so. All right. Let's break down his record, and Dan can do some revisionist history because he really didn't win his last fight, right? No, he was 100% did not win that fight. Yeah, that, yeah, it was a lot. It was the, the last fight where he it's faked. Yeah, criminal how bad he he lost that fight. Like, yes. like I, I do, I, I do revise stuff that I shouldn't revise. This one should have been revised by the athletic commissions. Exactly. All right, uh, he's 26 and 14. Uh, he's been around a little while with one no contest, seven knockouts, 14 submissions. On the other side of the ledger, he's been knocked out three times himself, and he's been submitted six times. He's 13 and 10 in the UFC with one no contest. He's won three straight fights. Ha ha ha! He won his last fight via submission. Ha ha ha! Sure he did. Um, it was, if it was best two out of three falls, and then it would be one fall to one, and he would have lost the last one. Uh, he was two and zero and tough. Zero and one in strike force. It was weird. He took a strike force fight. In the middle of his UFC run, it was I think it was after the UFC bought Strikeforce and they needed someone to fight Jacare, and I think he put his hand up and got beat. So um, he made his pro debut May 2003. So you know the next question, Dan. What were you doing in May 2003? I believe I would have been in eighth grade. <laughs> May, yes, that's correct. You would have been in eighth grade. And what would you have been doing with your time, Dan? Ah, uh, playing Little Le- League. Little League. Little League, were you were you dominating Little League baseball? No, I've never been a good hitter in my whole life. <laughs> I was okay, I was a defensive go. specialist even at eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, Herman's got he's an inch taller and an inch of reach over Manifield. Striking and grappling stats in his favor, plus one ninety five. Uh, Atomic Manifield is ten and two with eight knockouts, two submissions. So all of his wins are, have come via finish. Three and two in the UFC. He won his last fight via submission. We're not disputing that one. Uh, he was 2-0 in the contender series. Took him two kicks to the can to get in, but he got in. I used kicks to the can twice, so there you go. That's Maybe that's going to be my new crutch on this show. Uh, he was 1-0 in Bellator, seven years younger, minus 250. Um, Metafield is my pick. Not super, super strong on it because uh, minus 250 is a little high, but I'll, I'll take him as my pick here. I'm only worried about Metafield if he doesn't get him out early because I, I, yeah. I, I think, you know, like – He's going to look better with the striking. He's going to look better with the power. Menafield has just had a way of, like, making a couple of, like, small mistakes over long periods of time where he, he, crafty veterans and stuff like that take advantage of him or, or guys who are, you know, like, you know, like, not guys like Ed Herman. You know, not to be offensive to Ed Herman. No, he's, but like, he's a crafty veteran. He, he cheated his way to a win last no, That's not the same guy that crafty him. I'm talking about guys like, you know, he lost to Devin Clark, mostly because he gassed out. Devin Clark just, like, shelled up and let him punch himself out. And, you know, he let his guard down a little bit, and Ovin St. Prue tagged him. But this is a guy where, like, if he does bring his A game in round one, he knocked out Paul Craig. Like, and, and Paul yeah. Craig is legit, dude. So, like, I just think he's going to tag at Herman and finish him here. I think he hits harder than than uh, Mike Rodriguez, and Mike Rodriguez knocked out at Herman. So, uh, you know, like, I'm going to go with Alonzo Menafield early KO here. But I just realized, or I just remembered, Ed Herman shares a birthday with me. Does that change your choice at all? No, because uh, 
Alonzo Minifield also trains at Fortis MMA, so that supersedes oh, your, your birthday, your birthday yeah, show. <laughs> Hashtag all in on Fortis MMA. All right, we're back to Bantamweight. So pretty much every other fight on this card is going to be a Bantamweight fight. But I'm not complaining, though. Bantamweight's fun. Vince Morales, Draco Rodriguez. Um, we got some good nicknames here. Um, Morales is Vendetta. That's that's fine. But Rodriguez is the great, the great Dracolini. Did you know that, Dan? <laughs> I did know that. It's, it's, well, that's it's, obviously going to win. It's, it's ridiculous. It's fun. terrible and wonderful at the same yes. time. Obviously. All right. Let's break down Morales first. This fight is pretty much a pick em on the board. Um, Vendetta is 9-5 with five knockouts, two submissions. He's 1-3 in the UFC. Um, oh, he's lost his last two fights. Last one via a leg kick TKO. Because legs eaten up. That was way back in May of 2020. He's 0-1 on the Contender Series. 2-0 in Bellator. Last fight was at 145 pounds uh, featherweight. This one is down at Bantamweight. He's got an inch of reach. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's at minus 105. The great Dracolini is 7-2 with two knockouts, four submissions. He's been uh, Both of his losses have come via knockout. He's 0-1 in the UFC via knockout. There you go. Uh, he was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's it has an inch of height, and he's six years younger. The Morales grappling stats in his favor, minus 120. What do you think of this one? I think I'm going to go with Drago Rodriguez in this fight. And here's, again, this is a really tight one. And actually, if you look at the odds on a lot of these fights, the, the odds are razor close on a lot of these. The reason I like Rodriguez in here is if you looked at Vince Morales, I've seen two major problems with him. And one of them is that, he concedes takedowns a little bit too easily. Um, you know, it's not even necessarily that he's bad at defending takedowns, but, like, the point where he's just like, oh, I'm getting taken down, might as well, like, throw my guard up, is a little bit too early for me. And then, in addition to that, he also lets his legs get kicked kind of a lot. Um, as a matter of fact, yeah, even, he lost last fight that way. Yeah, he <laughs> lost by leg kicks. But but even if you're you're you know like obviously that's like a red flag, right? Like he lost his last fight that way. Yep. But even if you go back to like when he was fighting Benito Lopez, Benito Lopez was chewing up his legs a little bit. Song Dong even like landed a couple of leg kicks, and Song Dong doesn't even land a lot of leg kicks. So Draco Rodriguez does throw a little bit of leg kicks, so I like him to use that as an advantage. And he also shoots a couple of takedowns. So like. I don't think there's, like, a clear one-sided leader here in the striking department if this does all take place on the feet. And, in fact, as a matter of fact, like, Vince Morales might be the better striker. I just think there are so many other avenues for Draco Rodriguez that end up fight so close. I'm going to take the guy who's got a whole bunch of different avenues to win. Yep, I'm going with the great Dracolini also. Um, fairly confident, not super, super confident, but fairly confident with that. Uh, here's some trivia for you. Vince Morales is a cousin of which other UFC bantamweight fighter? So, so isn't there another? He has a cousin. Is a cousin? Isn't, he has a cousin in isn't UFC his last name? Isn't his last name Morales as well? No, it's not. Because so wasn't there harder. wasn't there an El Bopo Morales? Do you remember? <laughs> That's a good name. Hopefully there was it, El it, Bopo. It, well, that was that was the nickname. Yes, Joseph okay, Bopo yeah. Morales. Ha ha! I was right. Ha ha! It's, it's no, not Joe. Not him. Joseph, Bopo Morales. It's someone uh, with a. I think he has a mullet now. That doesn't really limit it either. Uh, cut it down. But has yeah. a mullet now or had I a mullet? I think the last time I saw him, he had a mullet. <laughs> Tan, not Tanner Bopo. <laughs> Rick, Ricky Simone. Oh, Ricky oh Simone. okay. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. he not have a mullet? He does definitely he have a mullet. mullet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will also say, so just as a, a the perfect kind of tangent, Joseph Morales, uh, 
Bopo Morales, uh, was cut from the UFC after going one and two. His losses were to Eric Shelton and Davison Figueredo. Um, oh, and that, yeah. that was enough to get him cut. <laughs> yep, that'll get you cut. Um, all right, moving on to the main event of the prelims and the people's main event on MMA-Manifesto. Bobby Green versus Rafael Fiziev. Uh, should be a fun one. Um, Bobby King Green versus Rafael Adaman Fiziev. I have no idea what Ottoman is, but uh, uh, Bobby Green is, is King. Uh, yeah, King is, is phenomenal. Yeah. All right, we'll break down Bobby Green. Uh, as we mentioned last episode, his fighting style is hood. Um, <laughs> I guess Fiziev's fighting style would be kickboxing, so it would be kickboxing versus hood. Um, King Green, 27, 11, and 1. Eight knockouts, nine submissions, uh, eight, six, and one in the UFC. He's won three of his last four. He won three straight and then lost his last fight. He also was four and one in strike force. He's two inches taller. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, plus 260. Of note, he's not finished a fight. Like, finished an opponent since I think I read 2013. Was his last, uh, Fin- yes, uh, James Krause back in November of 2013. It was the last time he finished an opponent. So. And that was that was a lightweight it, James Krause too, which is not a good weight go. decision for him ever. Yes. So if you're leaning, uh, what I'm getting to, if you're if you're leaning Bobby Green here, take him via via decision. Um, Fiziev nine and one with six knockouts, one submission, three and one in the UFC. He's won three straight fights. He won via KO his last fight, 39 and eight in kickboxing as a professional. Uh, seven years younger than Green, minus 350. I will be taking Viziev. I will not be leaning towards Green in this one. Yeah, and this is a super confident pick for me. I, I like yep. Bobby Green. I, I think his pressure is really fun, but the problem is here, if if he pressures in the way that he usually does, he puts a little bit of weight on that front foot, it's going to get chopped, and it's going to yes. get chopped really hard. Um, and to, to be completely honest with you, I don't think he can turn up the pressure on Viziev. Um so, yeah, there, there's so many things pointing to bad news here for, for Bobby Green. But, you know, I, I don't see the wrestling working. I don't see him being able to turn up the pressure on him. I, I'm just going to go pretty obviously here uh, with the Rafael Fiziev. Yeah, I'm confident, too, with this one. But, uh, yeah, the takes I've heard is uh, – a few takes I've heard is, like, Green's going to out-wrestle him, and that's how he's going to win. But uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to get close enough to wrestle him without getting eaten up. Yeah, and, and like, he had trouble keeping Tiago Moises down. And Tiago Moises is really good at jiu-jitsu, but, like, not a particularly strong wrestler, right? Like, so, like, for yeah. him to have the wrestling to shut down Bobby Green, I kind of trust that Fiziev will be able to hold him off. Yep. And if in doubt, always go with the younger guy, and he's what seven years younger, so that's not a uh, in, in a significant um, a gap. That's a pretty big gap there. So, all right, that is our main card. Uh, sorry, that's our prelims, the main event of the prelims. We'll move on to the main card. We'll make it commercial free, as I always promise. But first, last two sponsors, Underdog Fantasy. First of all, make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN, and you'll get a free $25, which you can use to enter into their free a free shot at a million dollars. They're giving away a million dollars over there. So make sure you download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And while you're downloading apps, if you haven't already, make sure you download our app, the SGPN app. We are now live in App Store and Google Play. The app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts. You get notifications on all of, when the new episodes of the pods drop. Um, you can get access to the website with all our amazing stories, uh, superbly edited by me, uh, some of them. Um, and when you are downloading, make sure you toss an app review and enjoy, obviously. All right, moving on. Main card, 
We'll start with, guess what weight class we're going to start with, Dan? Bantamweight. Bantamweight. What a surprise. Uh, Song Yadong, who really doesn't need a nickname with the last name of like Yadong, but he has a nickname versus Kisa Kenny. Song Yadong is the Kung Fu monkey. Kisa Kenny is nothing. Um, what should his nickname be? Megan Anderson's boyfriend? I actually, Mr. Anderson? I, ooh, that's harsh. Um, I have uh, actually asked him uh, that question before in an interview. How come he never had a nickname? And he says the people around the gym call him Cookie. Cookie. Casey there Cookie, you go. Casey Cookie Kenny. Casey Cookie Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, okay. So you've interviewed him. You haven't interviewed Yudong. I have um, not. There seems to be some sort of language barrier in the request. Some kind of language <laughs> barrier. Dan doesn't speak Mandarin or Cantonese or whatever he speaks. Is, is that the problem? That, that is part of the problem for sure. You got a you got a problem with Yudongs? I don't have any problem with uh, <laughs> with his dongs. <laughs> All right, good. All right, anyone on the prelims? Jessica Penny. I think she was on your podcast, wasn't nope. she? No, okay. I, I don't Carolina ever... was not. Minifield. I've, I've interviewed both Ed, Ed Herman and Alonzo Minifield okay. and Manel, so, Ka- uh, Manel Cap, Miles Johns, Simmons, and Munoz. Uh, oh, and Vince, Mor- and Vince Morales. How about Draco? I don't think Great I've ever, I don't think I've right. ever interviewed him, but I have. So we're safe with that pick. Yeah. Yeah, and Fiziev, do you no, interview him? No, Fiziev okay. or Green. Nope. Green. All right. All right. Just so uh, we're we're covering all bases here. All right, um, who should we break down first? How about we break down Yadong, the Kung Fu Monkey? Um, he's sixteen five and one with one no contest, six knockouts, three submissions, five one and one in the UFC. Over his last three fights, he's got the whole plethora of results here: one win, one loss, one draw. All he needs is a, a no contest, and he's completed the cycle. Um, he lost his last fight. Uh, in that 1-1-1 one, one, one streak there. He was 0-1 in one championship while Holy ones. He's one inch taller than Kenny, six years younger, and he's minus 105. Uh, this is pretty much a pick em fight. Uh, Cookie Kenny, <laughs> Cookie Kenny, 16-3-1 with two knockouts, five submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. He's 5-2 in the UFC. He's 3-1. He lost the last fight, but we're going to um, dispute that also, correct? Who? Who? Wh- why would we Dominic dispute Cruz? That one? I don't know. Who is Dominic I Cruz? I think he might have lost to Dominic Cruz. Uh, really? Yeah, Dan I, loves I, rewriting things. I'm not going to rewrite that, that one. Yeah. I don't think I'll get that. I'll get the MMA decision folk on it though in a second if you'd like. I, I was right. trying to think of which okay, one you were okay. trying to to dispute because yeah. I, I didn't even think it was disputable. I thought you lost that fight. It was a split decision. I thought it was well, all split split decisions are are. Um, Cause arguments, but anyhow. All right, so, so he technically. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at MA decisions right now, just so you know. And hang on, let me just yeah. count up real quick. I got quietly counting on air. I got. I got tw- riveting. I got 22 uh, media members scored it for Cruz, and Shaquille Majori uh, scored it for Casey Kenny. So well, he's Canadian, right? So, so 20, he's smart. 22 against Shaq, um, which, like, I, I do like Shaq, but he's wrong on this one. And the almighty yeah. uh, media scorer, Sean Sheehan, uh, gave it 30 oh, okay. 27 to Dominic Cruz. Didn't even give a round. Okay, if, didn't even give a round to Casey Kenny. <laughs> all right. If the Podfather said, I, I must be misremembering this fight. But, anyhow, um, that was his only loss over his last four fights. He was 1-1 in the Contender Series. He was in LFA where he was a double interim champ. That's something you don't see often. He was the interim champ at flyweight and bantamweight, I believe. Uh, he's got an inch of reach. Striking stats, grappling stats in his favor, minus 120. Uh, I'm going to take Cookie Kenny in this one. 
I'm not. Uh, I'm going to take. Okay. I'm going to take Song Yudong. We can differ on this one too. Um, you know, there, there's there's parts of Song Yudong's game that like worries me little bits and pieces. Um, I don't think he fought very smart against Kyler Phillips, and he's had a tendency to get taken down um, fairly often. But also, his gas tank seems to hold up well enough, and I, I just think you know Casey Kenny's maybe best feature is the fact that he's got a great gas tank. He also isn't, despite the fact that I do like his wrestling sometimes, doesn't shoot a lot of takedowns or hasn't in a while. Like. He, he didn't score any against Dominic Cruz. He only got two against Nathaniel Wood. He, I don't think he ever shot one against Haile Alatang. Um, I don't think he shot one against Luis Smolka. He's kind of fallen in love with his hands, and I actually think that's a mistake here against Song Yudong. I think he's probably going to get tagged up, and if he let Song Yudong, like, initiate the wrestling, yeah, I, I think that's bad for him, too. So uh, I'm going to go with Song Yudong in this one. All right. Be wrong. That's fine. Be wrong. Are you confident? I'm I'm actually pretty confident in this one. I'm gonna say uh, I'm moderately confident in Song Yudong. I'm I'm not uh, super confident in Cookie Kenny. So but we're there now you go. we're Take now up to three differences, which is I think more than the That's last good. two guards combined. Which means those three fights will fall off before fight night rolls around. <laughs> well, we had a lot last week, and they all fell off except for the main event. So which who got that right again? I you think you, you sure did. Me. Yeah, you went out yeah, on I a real a limb. You went out on a real limb, taking a negative two twenty favorite. <laughs> negative two twenty psychopath is who I took. All right, women's strawweight. Um, Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill. This was a fight that they fought already, right? Torres won in twenty fifteen. Were they scheduled? They were scheduled, what, late last year also, right? Yes, correct. And I, and I think we probably broke it down because I think I had all the stats already. But Sure, that yeah, anyway. I, I, I can buy that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a long time ago, though. So we got Overkill Hill and Tiny Tornado Torres. Hmm. Tiny Tornado is way better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, Overkill Hill, 13-9 with five knockouts, 8-9 in the UFC over two stints. She's won one of her last three, but four of her last six, and she did win her last fight. She was 0-1 on The Ultimate Fighter, 4-0 in Invicta, where she was a champ. She also was a pro kickboxer before all this. She, she Before all this MMA nonsense, uh, she's two inches taller, four inches of reach. Striking and active striking stats in her favor, grappling stats in her favor, minus, uh, not minus, excuse me, plus 112. The Tiny Tornado Torres, Tisha Tiny Tornado Torres, is... 12 and 5 with one knockout, one submission. She's never been finished in a fight. Uh, she also doesn't finish fights. So if you're taking Torres, take her via decision. She's 8 and 5 in the UFC. She's won two straight fights. Last one via TKO. So maybe you, maybe she's got finishing power now. So maybe you shouldn't do what I just told you to do. Uh, she was 1 and 2 in the Ultra Fighter, 4 and 0 in Invicta, four years younger. And like I said, she won the original fight way back in 2015. She's minus 140. I think we're going to differ here again because I'm going to take underdog. Overkill Hill in this one. I think you're making a huge mistake. <laughs> okay, you tell me why. Yeah, you tell me why. I mean, like, go ahead and take her because I I could use a leg up on <laughs> Make you. you look I could use a leg up on you. I'm very confident Tisha Torres wins this fight. If you look at all of the women who beat her, because because we're talking about like right that that that's why people were really down on on Tisha Torres for a while. Jessica Andrade, champion. Yoani Jacek, champion. Weili Zhang, champion. Marina Rodriguez. Possibly future champion, maybe, but at least top five strawweight, right? Like she has only lost to people who are absolutely the best of the best strawweights in the whole world, and those people also are experts at range striking, right? Like Wei Li Zhang, Yuan Yan Jacek, Marina Rodriguez, especially. 
Jessica Andrade, I guess, likes to get it in a little bit more close and make it sloppier. But those those women largely like to strike from distance, which is hard for Tisha Torres, who is so small. Angela Hill is not that fighter, right? Like, Angela Hill wants to put you up against a cage and hold you there. I don't think she's going to do that to Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres hasn't really been held up against the cage by anybody. Also, by the way, if you want to peel it back for one more loss for Tisha Torres, it's Rose Nami Yunus, so also a champion. Uh, I, I just think that it's going to be very, very hard for anybody to to hold Tisha Torres against the cage. She gets off quick. She, she's got good footwork. So if Angela Hill can't do that, like, I, I don't really know what her path to victory is. I don't think she's a better striker than Tisha Torres, at least not on, like, an accuracy level, probably not on a power level. I don't think she's going to get the grappling going. I, I think this winds up being fairly one-sided for Tisha Torres. Oh, we'll see, Dan. We will see. You sound very confident. In I'm, I'm pretty darn confident in that one. That one's one of the... I can't be super confident. I can't be super confident with, with underdogs, but I, I think... When also, the also you said when it's close, you go with the younger fighter. Isn't Angela Hill, like, 50? Yeah. Like, she, she's getting up there, she's right? four years. She's only four years younger, but she's... Only four years younger. She's got the size. She's... All the, all the stats are pointing in her favor. Striking stats, active striking stats, grappling stats. All that, so I'm, I'm well, right there. That's because she didn't fight all four <laughs> of the champs the division had. That. <laughs> that is true. Uh, I can't back down now, Dan. You you, uh, you, you, made, you made fun of me and challenged me, so I can't back down now. i got to so. do that more often so you don't keep tailing You my do. Make me make bad picks. <laughs> make me make bad picks. All right. Um, who do we got? Not Bantamweights for a change. we got Welterweight. Bantamweights are coming. Don't worry. Welterweights. Michael Chiesa, Vincente Luque. I have a feeling we may differ on this one, too. Let's see. Um, we got Maverick, Kiesa, and the Silent Assassin, Luke. I'll take Silent Assassin, please, for the nickname game. Yeah, I, th- I think so, probably. Probably. We're not confident with that pick, though, right? We're just kind of Yeah, yeah com- com- that, that's a close. The, Michael the Maverick is, is pretty good, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the Silent Assassin's right. kind of a, a mouthful. It's true. It's true, especially for a guy who can't say Italy. It is a, a mouthful. <laughs> All right, um, let's go with Maverick first. He's 18-4 and four with 11 submission wins. Uh, he's also been subs himself three times. He's 11-4 in the UFC. He was, he's was he been 4-0 since he moved down to welterweight, or moved up, excuse me, to welterweight from lightweight. He's 4-0 in, in the Ultimate Fighter House, and he won the championship. He's two inches taller than Luke, despite being a former lightweight. Um, grappling stats in his favor, plus 105. The Silent Assassin is 27 and 1 with 11 knockouts, 7 submissions. He's been subbed twice in his career. Um, 13 and 3 in the UFC. He's won three straight fights, all via finish, nine of his last 10. He was 1 and 1 in the Ultimate Fighter. Four years younger, three times more active striker than Kiesa. That's the main reason I'm going with him. Uh, he's at minus 130. I think he's going to light Kiesa up in the feet and uh, not allow him to, to grapple him, which is what Kiesa needs to do to win. So, yeah, you're right. We are going to differ in this one because I am definitely yeah. going with Michael Chiesa. Um, Taking a grappler, what a surprise. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a, a couple of reasons here why <laughs> okay. I like Michael Chiesa. Is, is first of all, I am I am taking a grappler, but I'm taking a grappler who took Rafael Dos Anjos down six times and yeah. who took Neil Magny down four times. Um, you know, and you can say what you want about him, like, in his dominant grappling of, of Carlos Condit and Diego Sanchez and how those don't really matter. But since he's been at welterweight where his body is not drained, that dude has been 
absolutely mowing people down with his takedowns. He's got 19 takedowns in four fights. And if you look at Vicente Luque, who a lot of people think of as being this, like, crafty grappler, right? He's coming off that Darce Choke win over uh, uh, Tyron Woodley. He, he's got a Darce Choke over Nico Price if you go back far enough. Like, he's a good grappler. He also gets taken down by guys who you're like, whoa, that guy took him down? Like, Derek Krantz took him down. Do you, do you, do you know much about Derek Krantz? I remember him. Yeah, you remember him vaguely, but, like, how about Randy Brown? Like, would, does he strike you as, like, a big... Good boy. Yeah, does he strike you as a big, tough wrestler? How about no. Nico Price? Nico Price took Vicente Luque down. So, like, while I think Vicente Luque will have a striking advantage, he's here conceding, like, a, a slew of takedowns to, like, guys who aren't really good grapplers. And I think, too, people forget that on the Ultimate Fighter finale, he gave up seven takedowns to Michael Graves, who isn't even in the UFC. Now, granted, that was a long time ago, but his takedown defense has never been sterling. If you look at it as a percentage in the UFC, it's only 65%. I think it's only a matter of time before Chiesa gets him down. And Chiesa did a great job of holding down Neil Magny, who is a, a really good grappler, a super underrated grappler in wrestler in his own right. So, yeah, I love Chiesa in this. And the second piece of the technical breakdown that you completely overlooked, Vicente Luque has been on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. <laughs> oh crap! I ignored everything you said until that point. Oh, okay, so I'm not confident with my pick, but I'm still going to take it. And Dan sounds very confident, which means he's probably wrong. Usually, when you go all in like this, you, you it blows up in your face, Dan. You just wait. I, you I, just wait. I'm pretty confident, Kiesa. The, right. the Maverick will ride on. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, reach out to him on Twitter and see if he wants to be on Top Turtle. What do you think of that? <laughs> just on chink, your behalf. Just jinx him. I, I would happily exactly. talk to Michael Gaze. He's great on the mic. He is. Hey, guess guess what weight class the coming event's at? Bantamweight! Bantamweight, of course, 135 pounds. Jose Aldo, nicknamed Junior, versus Pedro Munoz, nicknamed the Young Punisher. Hmm. Young, uh... Young Punisher's tough, dude, at that age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he ain't young. Exactly. Yeah, he's old. Oh, that's true. He's only two days. He's two days younger. Uh, same age as Aldo. He's two, yeah, yeah, okay. two, two days younger than Aldo. Wow. There you go. Um, this this one's almost a pick him on the board, too. Uh, the Young Punisher is uh, middle-aged Punisher. is 19 and 5 with one no contest, five knockouts, eight submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. He's 9-5 with one no contest in the UFC. He's won in two of his last three, won his last fight. Uh, he's flunked the drug test in the past. He's the more active striker of the two. He's at plus 100. Uh, Junior Aldo, the former UFC and WEC Never Die uh, champ at featherweight. This is uh, gone at Bantamweight now. He's 29-7, 17 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself four times. 11-6 in the UFC. He's won one of his last three fights, which was his last fight. Um, he was 8-0 in WEC where he was a champ like I said uh, he's inch of height on Munoz 5 inches of reach striking stats in his favor minus 125 it's kind of a hard one for me to I have a question mark beside my pick <laughs> which means you're just going to tell my pick oh no <laughs> yes well, may, well maybe we'll, we'll see what you say We'll see first we'll see if I pay attention to what you say or and then we'll uh, we'll go from there I'm going to take Jose Aldo um and, and I don't think yeah, it, that's who I was leaning towards. I don't yeah. think every, anybody's ever been a bigger detractor of Jose Aldo lately than I have. Yeah. But but I do really think 
he doesn't fit the mold of the type of person that like Munoz has loads of success against. And yeah, Munoz, good matchup. And, and Munoz doesn't strike me as the type of person who like takes advantage of the weaknesses of Aldo, right? Because like Aldo got out grappled by Piotr Jan, and like he got out grappled by Volkanovski, who just like put him against the cage and took all of his range away. Munoz isn't going to do that, right? Like Munoz is going to strike with him, uh, and I don't think that goes well for him. Um, you know, like Munoz had a pretty back and forth fight with Jimmy Rivera, and like, man, I I think Jose Aldo's striking his head and shoulders better than Jimmy Rivera, so I, I don't see Jose Aldo falling into like a big you know like winging striking match like Cody Garbrandt stupidly did before he got knocked out by Munoz. And if Munoz does decide to grapple him, and I think Munoz is a great grappler, and it's actually probably a path that he should be using more often to victory, I just, I, I think people sleep on how good Aldo is in submissions and submission defense. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think, I, I think Pedro Munoz is probably a bigger threat to a lot of people in this division, because Aldo, I think, is just going to keep losing to some of those really great grapplers, those those Corey Sanhagens and the, the Aljamain Sterlings and the, the Piotr Jans and the, those types of guys in the division. He's going to keep losing to those guys, whereas Munoz might not, but this is just a really bad style matchup for Munoz. Yeah, I don't have much um, faith in Aldo anymore, but yeah, this matchup is a good matchup for him. So I have no problem. I'm pretty confident backing him in this one. So, um, all right, main event. I don't think we we can be confident no matter who we pick and we're percent confident with every, the, the way these guys hit, especially our favorite chunky guy, Derek Lewis, who will, will uh, Houston's own Derek Lewis, I may add. He's going up for the UFC interim heavyweight title. He fought for the real title once. He didn't fight for the interim title ever, I don't think. Just the real title. Uh, he's fighting Cyril Gain or Gone or uh, like I said, it should be Gagne since he's French, but he doesn't doesn't go by that. Oh, we got the Black Beast versus Bon Gamin, which means good kid, right? Yes, I believe, I believe, I believe yeah. so. The, you got to go Black uh, Beast for the nickname. Yeah, of course. Iconic, iconic. All right, Black Beast, twenty-five and seven with one no contest, twenty knockouts, one submission win on his. He got a submission win, really. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> can you imagine Derek? He's not like a horrible grappler, but he his um, he just wants to get up always when he's on the ground. But he actually won via submission. I'm, I got to check now. I'm checking who he beat via submission. I'm assuming it was ages ago, which it was. Um, I don't even. Rakim Cleveland via armbar in 2010. Dan, oh. what can you tell us his fourth fight? What can you tell us about Rakim Cleveland? Uh, he's in PFL now. Yeah, he's really good. Oh my god, he actually yeah, yeah. does know who it is. Yeah, That's yeah, insane. he's really, he's really good. He he fought um he fought Vinny Magalhaes a couple of times. He lost both by submissions to Vinny Magalhaes twice. Um, I don't know if he's still in PFL, but he was in that one season of PFL. Um, and I don't know who else he fought in that season, but um, he, he, I remember seeing him fight Vinny Magalhaes twice. It's it's almost like we set this up in advance, which I swear we don't. Dan always seems to have, you always have an answer. We wouldn't I wouldn't set this up in advance because I don't want you to look as good as you look. But you always always have an answer when I met you, Kim Cleveland from eleven years ago. Of course, of course, Dan knows him and can name a bunch of people he's fought and a bunch of his fights. So, anyhow, um, the Black Beast does, did submit him once. So that was his one submission win. Uh, he's been knocked out himself four times. He's sixteen and five in the UFC which is insane. He hasn't really even been around that long. He's fought 21 times in the UFC already. He's won his four straight fights, last two via a form of knockout or TKO. Uh, he was in Bellator for a fight where he lost. 
He, based on their last weigh-ins, he will be about 18 pounds heavier than Gain. He's a true chunky guy. Um, plus 260 is what he'll bring you back if you want to go with him. Um, the good kid is 9-0 and with three knockouts, three submissions. He's won six straight in the UFC, 6-0 and in his UFC career. He was you know, as a kickboxer, but he basically doesn't lose in anything uh, in life, apparently. He's an inch taller than Lewis, two inches of reach, five years younger, striking stats in his favor. He's twice as more active striker in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 350. Uh, I'll be taking gain, but it's scary picking against Derek Lewis with that power of his, but I think gain, you got to go with gain with for how technical he is. Uh, he's more well-rounded. He's, he's bigger. He's younger. He's a better grappler. Um, but that's some scary power coming back uh, the other way. Well, and I'll also tell you one other thing that I, I like about gain in this fight is that if you look at all of those people who you're like, well, Derek Lewis wasn't supposed to be, you know, insert name in this blank too, but then that right hand can do anything, right? Like that that's that's why people pick Derek Lewis, right? Because he's a freak. Right. And yeah. they're like, you, you didn't think he could be Curtis Blades. You didn't think he could be Alexander Volkov. You didn't think he could be, you know, like people like that all the time. The thing you'll notice about any of those guys is that they either got sucked into, like, brawling with him a little bit, or they have, like, in, in Curtis Blades' case, have to be close to you to implement their game plan, right? Like, Curtis Blades needs to shoot a takedown. He's not going to win if he doesn't shoot a takedown. So he needs to shoot a takedown. When he went to get close, he got hit. And, like, the thing about Surreal Game is he doesn't ever have to be close to you. He can beat you from across the cage. And I... We, we've now seen him do that for five rounds too, right? Like that's what he did to Jair Rosenstreich, who is a guy who wants to do similar things as Derek Lewis, bite his time and land a big punch, and he just didn't. So I think Gain is just going to pick him apart nonstop for the entirety of the fight. Um, you know, like I, I think it's going to be way more boring than people expect a Derek Lewis fight to be. I expect it to look like the Rosenstrike or the Volkov fight with, you know, obviously Derek Lewis trying to plow his way in there with, like, weird flying knees, because I'm sure he'll throw 13 weird flying knees in there. Uh, but, yeah, I think Surreal Game here is a pretty safe and easy pick. Yep. Um but it, it, it could get it doesn't, a, it doesn't mean it doesn't feel bad, right? Because he, no. he can yeah. turn anybody's lights out. I just think it is yep. much it, – it's more unlikely than everybody thinks. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, Gain showed that he can be a boring a boring fighter and, and win fights, which is probably what he'll have to do uh, in this one. So um, do you have any degenerate props or parlays? Because the, all the degenerates on our – the SGPN Slack channel, which everyone should go to Slack and join. It's lots of fun. All the degens there always want massive parlay bets. So uh, do you got anything in mind or props or anything that can get them the plus 2,500 odds that, that they all crave? Sure. So I'll start with a pretty big prop. Uh, Victoria Leonardo is plus 550 right now to win by KO uh, or TKO. And I think – with Melissa Gatto being somebody who falls to her back a lot and is pretty brutal in the stand-up, I, I think if you are going to bet Victoria Leonardo at, like, you know, what did they say? You said negative 100 or something like that. I, I think it's pretty reasonable to expect Victoria Leonardo to maybe finish her at some point in time. So, yeah, I, I like that one quite a bit. The other one, uh, you know, this one's not going to get you quite the, the return that you want here, but 
I do like Alonzo Menafield here to win uh, by KO. I, I think that's a pretty reasonable one, and you can get that at pretty much even money. And I think that one is probably a slam dunk, so you're not going to get quite the odds you want, but that's a slam dunk. So I like Leonardo uh, by TKO. I like Alonzo Menafield by TKO. If we want to get real crazy... Um, let's do it. Let's see. Do it. What, what's a real crazy one I could see? What about surreal gain? Hear me out on this one, because I'm I hearing you. Surreal gain by submission is plus a thousand, and I think people forget that he did tire out previous opponents, two of them, and heel hooked one of them and arm triangled another one. Surreal gain by submission at plus a thousand seems like a crazy number, but I don't think it's as crazy as is. Like people think it might be. Like he, he very well could submit Derek Lewis. Yeah, um, I don't I don't hate that at all. Yeah, plus a thousand on that one. So I'm I'm gonna like that one. Uh that's a big one for me. All right, par, do you have parlays? Alright, I'll put one together uh, on the fly here because <laughs> you, you do like doing this and then I you better be you know, like you should write this one down because if I do hit one of these at one point in time I wanna be able to gloat like crazy. Eh, that's a lot of work. <sighs> Alright, um First person, I'm pretty darn confident in. Make sure you start him with Johnny Munoz. Negative 250, never really great at the front end of a parlay, but I like him a lot in this one. I also like Rafael Fiziev. You can get pretty much even money if you start with those two. Um, so I'm going to start. I'm going to start with those two. Um, then we'll go with uh, Jose Aldo. I actually think sneaky, sneaky pick there at only like negative 110. You can get really good money on him. And let's see, who's another close-ish one? Oh, we we talked about Victoria Leonardo. Throw her in there too. Yeah. Um, you get plus money for her. Yeah, you can get or even money. Or now. E- even money right now. It's actually I, I was looking at the numbers too. She keeps her number keeps moving. So if you're gonna bet on Victoria Leonardo, make sure you bet on her sooner rather than later, um, because those numbers are getting crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier. Um, because people oh, are in the rock. Wrong direction in the wrong direction, yeah. But, well, yeah, okay. in the, the wrong direction for me because you took Melissa Gatto. Um, so in the right direction for you. No, I switched. I switched. Oh, I talked you out of it. Yeah. So Victoria yes, Leonardo yes. is slowly becoming a favorite, and I think probably even by the time this airs, she will be a favorite. But um, okay. and then let's see, we'll cap that one off with Tisha Torres because we think we're good on them. So Munoz, Fiziev, Aldo, Leonardo, Torres. Uh, it's going to give you plus eleven hundred, eleven to one. That's all right. That's okay. All right. That's. Uh... I guess we'll pick locks, even though we are both in the tank with our locks. I'll, I'll take Fiziev. I'm going to take – I don't care if he's minus 350. I, I need to hit some of my locks, so I'll take Fiziev against Bobby Green. I'm going to take Victoria Leonardo. Close money. Oh, I'm going to get, get a nice there return go, on yeah. there. Um, yep. And, yeah, I think I think that one should be um, pretty good, as long as she can avoid the submissions off the back. All right, there you go. That's the honky and chonky episode for you, y'all. And anything else you need to tell the people, Dan? Nah, you nailed it all. <laughs> all right, I mean, that's why I'm the host and you're the associate host. Um, follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox, writer, Gumby, Vreeland. Um, read all our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, mma-manifesto.com, where you can get in on our pick'em contest there. Listen to all the podcasts, obviously, on Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast. Um... What else? Oh, and download the SGPN app. I think that's pretty much all I really have to tell people. Um, whose turn is it to take us away? Dan, you want it's, to take no, us away? No, it's always you on Wednesday. It's always, oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's a good way to remember it. Since it's Wednesday, I'll, I'll bid you farewell by saying I am 
Juicy J, Juicy Jeff Fox, nickname we never use, and he is Daniel Gumby related, a nickname that we probably overuse. And we will talk to you again on Sunday where we break down all my winning picks, and Dan will make excuses for all his losing picks. Bye-bye. 